get to know ya Hey, na, 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 na Delve into emotion Leave us in this moment Welcome to Literature License Podcast, and it's getting to know Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky. Welcome. Hi. To <laughs> you know I don't like talking about myself. Uh, well, let's just see what. Let's see how much that comes true when we ask you our uh, first. Question. So, what do you like to do on your spare time, or what do you do for a living? What do I do for a living? Well, I used to be an archaeologist for a long time, and then I started having babies, so that wasn't gonna really go too well hand in hand, especially if you travel a lot. And then I was uh, working for as an executive admin for municipalities. And then I just traded that all into me mom for a while. And in between that, I had an admin jobs and things like that and dabbled with archaeology still and got some traveling in, got some traveling in this year, not much because of COVID. Um, and now I've kind of like traded all that in to do the podcast and do some research for that. And I am a grandmother, which I totally enjoy. And I don't care what anybody says it's the best thing in the world because I get to go live vicariously through an eight year old and keep my youth, at least in my brain. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, if someone wanted to follow you on social media or a website, where would they find you? I'm on everything, um, Instagram and Facebook, and I have a Twitter, but I don't dip my toe into Twitter that much because Twitter is for the faint of heart. One wrong statement and you'll get eviscerated. So I just pretty much stick to the podcasting stuff, um, llpodcast.com, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we deal with a lot of genres and stuff with the um, podcast. What's your favorite genre? It's going to have to be the horror genre. I've gotten to the point where, you know, I've seen so many of them. I, I feel guilty if I can't watch something every night or try to find something to watch. And I'm even, I've got a lot of horror forums that I, you know, just, just sit there. I'm looking for anything with shock therapy or jump scare value. But I mean, I like all of that old stuff and I like all the new stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of fun, the horror genre. It's the one they've left alone for the most part. And I hope they continue to do so. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite um, film? Well, it's not a horror film exactly, but it's always been Braveheart. I think I've watched that movie like 15, maybe 20 times. I'm really guilty of it. I don't know why. It just struck me as just a great film. And it it wasn't historically accurate, but I mean, the way that the movie was directed and filmed epically and beautifully, and it had a great message and story. Mm. Now, most of us um, have um, a film memory, but do you remember what the very first film that you saw? Well, I mean, I saw a lot of films. I can't really pinpoint one, but oddly enough, the one that I I remember when I was little and we didn't have a lot of channels, so we would watch Disney when it came on. What was it, Saturday or Sunday nights? I think Uh, it was Sunday night. Wonderful World of Disney. Yeah, the Wonderful World of Disney would come on just because we didn't have all these choices of cable and internet TV and all that stuff. 
And I, I remember this one movie I loved and it got me really interested in history. You know, that's why I went to school and studied a lot of history. It was Johnny Tremaine. Don't ask me why. But that's the one film that sticks out other than my mother's monster movie matinee thing that we would do. We talk about it a lot coming out of Syracuse on Saturdays during the afternoon. But those are my favorite memories of first media. I think Johnny Tremaine also had Bobby Driscoll in it, the kid from Peter Pan and Song of the South and Treasure Island. I believe it was him. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably, you know what? I'm probably going to look it up just to see it because I haven't, I've like, I haven't seen it in decades, but for some reason that film just stuck out. I don't know why it just, oddly enough, it just does. Well, that's what I say. I haven't thought of that film for ages, but once you said that all of a sudden Bobby Driscoll's face popped into my head. It's like the South and all that. It's like the Revolutionary War or something. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I don't even even remember if it's a true story. Kind of like the Red Badge of Courage, but it was a Revolutionary War. I don't know why that stuck out of my head, but I always loved history ever since I saw that. So it's just one of those weird things that you just kind of in your psyche that you just don't remember that it's in there until you start talking about it. So funny, something like that kind of like sparks something else or sparks an interest or something. Yeah, yeah. Never, I haven't thought of that film for years. Now that you mentioned it, it's like bits and pieces are now coming back to me. Yeah, so. you know, I don't know if he was the drummer boy or what it was, but it was just, it was, it was just a good flick because I don't know. Disney was a little less freaky back then about stuff, and yeah. they just so, made movies. I imagine what was happening while you were in your um, home in Watertown and me on the farm. Basically, we probably were watching it the same as that time. We probably time. were. You being like five miles down the road watching the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights because we had what five channels? <laughs> yeah, wasn't like seven. Wasn't like at seven. I think it was no, like actually, seven, we had two to thirteen. Thirteen was the Canadian station. It still is thirteen. Mm-hmm. Well, eleven was WPIX out of New York, and then we had PBS as well. But my mom's. PBS was fine for like Sesame Street and Electric Company, but in the after in the evening they would play like classical stuff, you know, like Masterpiece Theater. I used to love Masterpiece Theater. They don't put oh, it on. My, I don't mom, think my mother would call that long hair hippie shit. That's what she used to call it. <laughs> I liked Masterpiece. I liked the intro. I liked the the, the sound. I don't know. I liked the music. You know that that trumpeting. What is it? The pomp and circumstance English kind of thing yeah. to inter- You know how they always you know put that that music. It just it just cracks me up. And that music actually gives me fond memories or those warm fuzzies, like you know when you smell something or hear something. Because my mother also liked it. That's kind of ironic. <laughs> What's your favorite book and author? That is hard. I've got a lot of favorite books and a lot of favorite authors. Um, I'm going to go with uh, one that, because because we just are revisiting it this year, I'm going to have to go with Peter Straub. I know everybody likes Stephen King, horror genre-wise and stuff, but I think a lot of people, I think Peter Straub kind of it gets missed by people in the mix because they're always looking for the big kings of horror, but he did write Ghost Story, and that was an excellent book. I've got it sitting on my table ready to reread for, you know, one of our podcasts. But I think he's one of those little or known authors in the in that genre that doesn't get a lot of credit. I always call Stephen King the gateway drug into horror. You yeah, he has to be. King, and then you have to like and then you have to like look for something more after. Well, him. you got R.L. Stein too. You know, you got stuff like that. But I mean, just once you get into that and it's something that you actually like. I mean, you're always looking for that next thing. And, you know, you get to the point where <laughs> you're watching the Serbian film. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> the one that everybody's freaking out about. Yeah. So it's not for the faint of heart. 
Well, Peter Peter Ostrov is also like the thinking man's horror as well. I think as well. Like, yeah, speaking, well, his books are like he's very you know, thinking man's horror, don't you? So, well, you know how we just said that we're reading the Count of Monte Cristo, how he was ge- uh, ge- he was geographical in his book and stuff. Well, he's Peter Straub was kind of really geographical in his books, at least this one in particular, because he he really sets up the states and the background or where this is going and where that's going to happen to my best recollection. So I'm kind of looking forward. I might actually start reading that this week again. And then I'll take a place like around where we grew up as well. I remember. Yeah. Lowville. He mentions yeah. Lowville and a couple of places where I've been. And I mean, when you see that you can kind of relate to the, the writing more, just mm-hmm. like, I know that place, you know, we all know what that feeling's like. Like, Oh, well, someone's finally put us on the map. Yay. Yay. Someone knows where Watertown, New York is. What episode are you looking forward to in season five? The most. The most. That's going to be a hard one. Uh, there's a lot of them. I actually probably uh, the kings of horror are going to be really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to Ghost Story as we talked about. Uh, because for for one reason, I don't know that that movie just scared the bejesus out of me. Mm. Years, years. I watch it now after all the stuff I have seen. And it's really small potatoes as far as, you know, all the, the gore and stuff, because, you know, we're all trying to outgore each other now, I think, because I'm always asking Joe, or you'll say it's full of gore. And I watch, I watched, I started watching Slasher. That definitely outgored a lot of stuff as of late when I watched that. I mean, I was actually wincing last night watching Slasher <laughs> on, on Shudder. So that was. Oh, rough. that's brilliant. I really enjoy it. It's rough. I mean, the first episode is rough. I'm just going, okay, I found my gore. And it just, I mean, I'm going to watch the whole season, of course. I got to the third episode where they stopped yesterday, but I binged watched it last night. And I was just like, I mean, I was grimacing and it takes a lot to make me grimace. <laughs> That's all I can say. I sit there say, I mean, that fight, in the, I mean, not, I'm not going to give anything away. That fight no. is brutal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just like, God, I was, I mean, I was really, I was like this, you know, making that face, you know, you're making that face and I'm just gripping the pillow just because it's, it's really, it, it's gory. It's really gory. And I suspect the whole season's going to be gory. My housemates know that I'm watching something that's quite disturbing because I normally can watch anything with gore, but during yeah. the classroom, oh, oh, I know that's what I was doing last night. I'm going, oh my God. She's <laughs> I never do that. I almost never do that. But I was doing that last night. And I've seen some disturbing films in my life. I'm watching this TV series going, oh my God. Yeah, I was really surprised because they right out of the shoot, they don't even they don't even give you a lot of time. (laughs) They just right into it. Blood and gore. So um you've been podcasting now. We've been this is your fifth season with us. So what do you like about podcasting? You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun talking to all these people and we get to do these interviews with people. Otherwise, when, as a child, I would have never thought I've been able to speak to, you know, people like uh, Catherine Lee Scott and Lloyd Kaufman and, and all the people that we have on or have been on. And I'm looking forward to the seasons. We got new people and a couple of kind of people were guested that are now on. And I always seem to learn something, no matter what, we might get on a tangent or something like that. But almost every podcast, I have to say every podcast, I learned something I didn't know prior to that. And I really think that's cool. And we do a lot of research for this. So, I mean, it kind of like, it's sort of like a ripple effect. If I'm reading something, I'll find out something else. 
And then it just, you know, kind of really does expand your horizons. I never thought I'd be doing this in a million years. And I've always been appreciative of being involved. And it's just something, it's just, it's just, a, it's just, a, it's a good time. It's fun. You know, you get to talk to your friends about cool shit, you know? So, I mean, there's no downside. Do you have a favorite quote or saying that you always go to? I don't usually always go to something, but I, in the last few years, um, you know, I always say, I always kind of go back to, actually, it's a Dr. Zeus. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Because everybody in your life that comes into your life, whether, you know, they're in your life still or not, and if you, if you love them as friend, family, or otherwise, I mean, <clears throat> everybody is kind of a gift, I'd like to say, or any memory that you can remember. I mean, it's sort of like being a child. I still try to remember things from when I was really little, so I never forget. But I do, know, do see as the years go by that things kind of are running into each other, and I can't remember everything I'd like to remember. But um, I just think that life is precious. And we need to make memories and remember everything. And do you have any special message for our fans about anything that's changed your life or anything that's made it toward the better? Well, I don't know if things are toward the better. I think that a lot of things happen to us and we have to revolve past it or adapt to life. I lost my son five years ago and, and, and it, was, it was a horrible thing. And uh, he was only 24 and we took him off life support. But the one thing I had noticed that I found some purpose with that all these, you know, five years later that I'm not alone and that there's parents everywhere that have to endure this. And I've met so many wonderful people and, and, and we all decide, you know, we get together and then there's somebody that we call an, a, a newcomer to the club that nobody wants to belong to. And we like to help people because it's hard, you know, because it's a life sentence for people that lose children little or adult. And so that's the one thing. That's why I always say life is precious and appreciate those around you because you just never know. And as you know, that basically life will pass us by one day. And it's passing by now. (laughs) Precisely. Sometimes very quickly. Um, So when when your life has passed on this earth, um, what would you best want to be remembered for? I'd, I'd like to be remembered for making people laugh or just, you know, taking a bad moment and trying to make it funny yeah, or something like that. I mean, I get more, I mean, I get, you know, everybody knows who I, I mean, I know they know I'm overbearing and whatnot. And I've got, I'm a very opinionated person, but most people tolerate that <laughs> like you <laughs> in the middle of the week. It's like, did you see that? But mm-hmm. um, I would like to take away the fact that I, I can make people laugh sometimes. And I really enjoy that. And uh I just want my my kids, my remaining children, and my grandchild, or hopefully grandchildren. I'm keep getting ripped off here. I want more. Um, they will remember me as you know somebody who stood their ground, and my mom raised me to to do that and to never back down. And I would like everybody in my family be strong and steadfast, and just get through life because it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. And before we go, let's give um, a little bit of um, information about you. So you live in Texas now. Um, where did you grow up and how, how did you end up in Texas? 
Well, that's always a loaded question. Well, um, I was working archaeology many, many years ago when I had Justin, and I was married to somebody else at that time. I grew up in Watertown, New York. You, of course, grew up in Sackets Harbor. We kind of probably were ships passing in the night back then. And Watertown is northern, northern New York. People don't realize, you know, they always laugh at me down here. I go, there's a whole state attached to the city. And northern New York is on the St. Lawrence River, Canadian border, Lake Ontario side. And so it was, it's a very beautiful place to, to grow up. But I, you know, married one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse and I ended up in Texas. And uh, it was hard being down here away from family and stuff, but I have made a life here. My children have made a life here. And um, other than it being really hot and muggy right now, it's not that bad. Well, there's all kinds of stuff going on in Texas right now. So, well, what I do is want to thank you for doing this interview, and we'll be seeing you very, very soon. For the of lecture. course. Yeah. Well, thank you. Talk to you later. You know.